Welcome to Automation Advocates, a show where we will talk about automation, manufacturing, and meet some of the personalities that are involved in the industry and get their perspectives. We hope you enjoy listening as much as we enjoy creating. Thanks, and here's the show. So take two. Take Hello. two of episode zero. We're going to go zero based. Ep- yeah, absolutely. Episode zero. Yeah. So software terms, right? Zero. All day. Based. Yeah. Welcome. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you Super. guys? Both we got here. Justin over there. And we've got Sarah to my left. And Charlie. Thank Charlie you. Murray. Thanks for having me. The, the legend. We're sitting in uh, the, the Camp Garski recording studio around the kitchen table here. <laughs> yeah, I think it's good to point, paint the scene, you know? We've yeah. got, uh, got a nice four-lane road out to look at. And it's wet. Our smiling it's faces. Snow. Yeah, yeah. We're fortunate to be here. Right. It's a little experiment. But so with that, you want to you know, introduce your full names and who you are and what you do? The voice of reason. The voice of reason. Somebody's got to keep us on task. Yeah, I know. Slave driver. It's your house, sir. Please lead. All right. All right. (laughs) Justin Garski, kind of co-hosting, try-hosting, if you will. Try-hosting. It's a three-person boat. This little experiment here where we're going to talk a little bit about... Paddling out into automation. Automation. a broad sense of the direction we're on. Yeah. And you'll get some interesting color commentary about lives and hobbies and everything else along the way here. So Yeah, but I think we have developed uh, through our individual careers, developed a uh, nuanced opinion about the industry in which we matriculate, and I just used all my big words for the day. All at once. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but collectively, I would say 20 plus years each in factory automation, machinery. Engineering goodness. Electronics in general. Yeah. Mechanics, all of the above. So that's enough about me. I'm going to throw it over to one of you two. Who, uh, I'm Charlie Murray. I'm the uh, invited guest. Try host, not a guest. Oh, thank you. You're, I've made the team. Try, you're on the team. This is the Goodness. team. Yeah. Uh, I, I like to play with uh, the entrepreneurial virus that it is. And uh, different versions of that from sales vector primarily. Yeah. And I haven't talked to Sarah enough. So Sarah, no. you should in- introduce your introduce, full safe. Yeah, my safe. <laughs> my full self. Self. Thank yes. You. Uh, Sarah Larson. I am uh, as well 20 years in the industry, and we're not going to do math. Um, yeah, for the record, I'm at 20 years. <laughs> As well, and yeah, coming on to help uh, host, and I, I think Justin said the voice of reason, keep us on task. Oh, Learn so as refreshing. well as help. Yeah, it's kind of like swimming with a wetsuit. You know, you're not going to drown, and you might actually finish the race. Yes. Thanks for being here. <laughs> All seven millimeters of your neoprene self. <laughs> yeah, that's uh. So the topic for today, please, voice of reason. We're going to call it uh, just talking about the cost of automation, why it matters, what it means, why it doesn't matter, just kind of the, the, the general overarching direction, right? Yes. So, so I'm, I'm going to steal a quote from a long-term mentor of mine, Keith Jacobs, who says, the cost of the automation doesn't matter, right? And, and it Provocative. It, and it strikes a little bit, right? Because you sit back and you go, okay, well, do you want to make something or not? And, and, and looking around, like, 
I don't know, was trying to get some food the other night. Everywhere you went, it was closed, right? It's 8 o'clock at night, the middle of the week. I don't want to say primetime dinner time, but, like, you, you can't get anything. So even there, it's like, does it matter? Do you want to make burritos or not? Do you oh, want to yeah. make cars or not? Do you so, want to have a good experience for your customer? Totally, totally. So I guess, what, what does that mean to you? Like, throw... I mean, it means... <sighs> There's a bunch of ideas that I have flying through my face, and uh, they all center around why is it 2021 and we still don't have a good experience? Why are we still doing a point-of-sale interaction that mimics my fifth-grade Little League experience uh, post-baseball game? And like a hot dog and a pack of gum, and then you have to wait for somebody to figure out how much that is, and then fetch it, and then bring it to you. I think automation eliminates a lot of that. Those jobs just aren't fun. And deliver, then therefore you get to deliver somebody a better experience, and transactionally, everybody's happier. You get what you want. The business owner gets more consistency because they're not hiring for a variety of jobs. They're hiring for the specific value-add creation portion of the job. So we're not going to automate everything. But we're going to automate away the crap that we don't want to do anymore. Why don't we have plaster walls anymore? Oh, because we made sheetrock. And then we automated the manufacturing process of sheetrock. <laughs> Guess what? If you want to repair or build a house, sheetrock's pretty flexible. Plaster, good luck. So, yeah, that's, I think that's, you know, there's a lot of context there. I think there's a lot of examples there. But at the end of the day, like the general benefit of automation is you get to improve the experience for everybody on all sides of the transaction ideally for sure if you're willing to make the investment well and and i think the and i'll ask you the same thing in a second here but i think the other you know is you you hinted on that quality piece right i think about you know you download a recipe off the internet right i'm going to make some french onion soup and it says you know six onions and a cup of broth and this and this if you're a if you're a brand owner, PepsiCo or Coca Cola, right? As we're sitting here drinking things that we probably shouldn't. Um, it's episode two, right? Right. <laughs> but but at the push. end of the day, like that consistency, that brand, that's the deal, right? And we mm-hmm. start, you know, I we're gonna talk about your your, your thoughts on the the motorsports and the vending mm-hmm. at some point here, mm-hmm. but. Uh, that that consistency is super key right like mm-hmm. and that's where having traveled all over the world you know people are like oh man what do you like and for the longest time like starbucks was the only thing i would drink because it was the same here as it is in tokyo yeah, but it's same as, but different right there's a little nuances a little bit and and that's but that to your point the consistency afforded by the automation and the the standard operating procedures defined by Starbucks or McDonald's, that also offers you a point of customization too. That's the other, the flip side of it. Like if you automate out the cost, the gas of it, right? How, how the painful way to make the sausage, then you still get to provide. If you take it to the final step, we can still get our bagged meal via Applebee's from Cargill, but we could customize it at the end. We could make it a little bit better. We could also make it a little bit more accessible to not only people that want to buy it, but people that want to buy it but are afraid to go there, sure. right? 
as is present in this, you know, current silliness we live in. And for those of you listening in 2024, that, that we're talking COVID, right? That's Correct. The, that's, that's the big hairy elephant Correct. in the room. So I like elephants. Box. I would yeah. not insult an elephants. <laughs> so I guess, Sarah, what, is it, uh, what, what does it mean to you as you're kind of thinking about us pontificate from on high right? here? Well, I think, Charlie, you hit a couple of points. And I, I have a teenage son, junior in high school, and we're discussing college. We're discussing what he wants to do and what he wants to be. And to your point, None of the jobs look attractive. So it goes back to that experience. The experience he's had with restaurants right now, whether it be going to get a coffee or a sandwich, are boring for him as a customer. So now he has no desire to get a job in high school working that entry-level food service because it's boring. I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. Mm-hmm. What do you want to do? Well, I don't know. He hasn't had a real good experience that he wants to invest himself in doing. Mm-hmm. And then to your point, we look at trying to hire for empty roles in all our companies and no one's applying Mm -hmm. because no one wants to do it. What Mm -hmm. they want to do is a customization because that's where the fun is, Mm -hmm. is taking that base model and then adding something more to it. What if we did this or what if we did that? That's what's enticing and fun. And if I found out that I could automate, to your point, the crap or the boring or the baseline, and now I get to tinker, sign me up. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of flows full circle from getting those into the company that want to do to what the company can provide to retain employees to then that customer experience. It's, it's one big circle of life, if we will. Oh, and you circle it out even more with education, right? Yeah. Like the, the uh, apprenticeship program and focus that you witness when you visit Germany versus mm-hmm. like, I struggle in all the customer partners I work with to find promotion of an apprenticeship program when you walk in the door. It's a minority. And I think that's where trying to get people to work nowadays, I think that's where we're missing the opportunities to grow to your point to like, Hey, what if you brought in a 16 year old or an 18 year old into a factory 10 hours a week and they apprenticed how to make an HVAC unit? Or how to uh, flip and build uh, big old tanks, you know, all these things that are built and used all over the world, and they get exposed to it. And we're not doing that enough in the United States, in my opinion. Well, and, and it's interesting. So I'm going to raise my hand here and say that's exactly what I did, right? Mm-hmm. So as I, uh, mm-hmm. I don't sit still well, and I don't think Charlie sits still well either. So we're sitting at the table here, and we're both kind of fidgety and moving around. Um, picture a 16 to 17 year old version of us doing the same thing, being told, Hey, sit still, Hey, sit still, Hey, sit still. And this was way before ADHD was a common diagnosis, right? And sure. One could make the argument. Eh, maybe. Hey, maybe. It's just right. Own your identity, baby. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's you, it's who you are. So, uh, you know, that, that was my, my senior year of high school. I said, Hey, I, I don't want to go to class. I really you know, it wasn't a a struggle of understanding or learning. It was, I just don't want to sit here for eight hours a day. There's better Frankly, stuff to do. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to do this. So right. stumbled into what at the time was VICA, Vocational Industrial Clubs of America, and the high school here allowing you to do internships for half the day. Nice. Right? So it was like, I'm out. I'm going to go do some stuff. And so when I made the pitch, my guidance counselor was like, ooh, 
you should really be taking like another year of Spanish and you should be doing some other stuff. And Guidance counselors, man. I hear more whiffs in that profession than, than weathermen. I, yes. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so when I, when I put together what I was going to do, right. So we'll come to, to my dad's story another time. Sure. Weeks down the way here. Yeah. Um, but he was working for a machine builder that made robotic welding systems. Mm-hmm. And so I called the, the president up and I said, Hey, Mike, uh, do you need an intern? He's like, for real? Yeah. Yeah, for real. He's mm-hmm. like, come on over. Mm-hmm. So it's like, here you go. Here's the keys to the city. And mm-hmm. here's, you know, an electrical panel. We're going to teach you how to wire it mm-hmm. and start tinkering with stuff. And mm-hmm. and that was it. And that's 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 the genesis of this whole thing, right? Correct. But had, had I not looked at that, my other options were like, eh, I could join the Navy or yeah. something. Because the idea of sitting in four to five years of college was... It's daunting, right? Like there was no I understood. And a lot of my friends may or may not have wound up on academic probation or Weird. you know, right? Like what? <laughs> you weren't in honor society? <laughs> I mean I was. Well I, no. I honor I, your society contributions. I, I, I wasn't because they wanted me to write an essay and, and I said, Why would I ever write an essay to join your club? I'm yeah. out. Um, Come on, man. Right? But again, voice of How reason else here. do they get to know you? Right? I'm not a role model. Well, you're an example. So to, to circle back, to, to circle back, the company that you were interning with in high school had already invested in levels of automation that allowed it easier for them to bring you in as an intern to tinker. Right? In a, in a sense, because Charlie, as you were going, a lot of companies that I've you know, worked with or partnered with over the years, they don't have that level of investment. And to your point, it's so daunting to bring in an intern because uh, what do you do with them? To try and even begin to explain to them what we do in the process and to train them. Oh, I think that's just about recruitment though, really. It can be, but you I mean, if I'm making something, I I got a place. You know how to use a screw gun at 16. Like, come on. You well, could, but does it help? And if you, you don't, can, we can train you. But we you, can train you. But I mean, but does does that? And we were talking about you know as a, as a company and you know OEM end user. If I'm investing in automation, does that allow me now <clears throat> other bandwidth resources to then bring in recruit better? Sure, absolutely. Because to absolutely. your point, grow them, grow them. I can yeah. bring them. Go in. to high school, steal them like babies, and just put them to work and, and set them. their expectations, and then just say, hey man, if you or a lady, hey or whatever. If you want to learn more about this, here is the program. But you you make it part of, it's a complement to your automation so that you can then hire a more defined value-add role. Like, yes. I mean, go, to a, go to a variable, I mean, Yaskawa's uh, variable frequency drive plant is uh, a beautiful statement to what's possible when you elevate the quality of work by automating all of the crap out. Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to figure out, do I grab this screwdriver or that? It's locked and or it's loose. And you know, those are things that that make it so that, oh, I don't have to think when I go to my job. No, it does allow you to think because then it allows you to think about, hey, am I is there any other way to make this better? Because those c- contributions then come from that culture where you've like, hey, we value your time. We've automated and provide you all these tools mm-hmm. to make this thing that we're trying to define the market with. And we want you to be successful. So here's the culture that we, we present to you. Here are all the investments we've made in automation to make your job easier to deliver a high-quality product. And guess what? Hands down, it's 
they have the best quality, and it's a great example of how then they take that out even further. I guess it's the commercial, but at the end of the day, it, it's it's just an example of how if you automate out the, the the junk and you make it easier to for somebody to have a sense of accomplishment. Correct. Right. That's what work is, and automation doesn't kill work. Automation b- creates better opportunities. We're not putting up plaster in our houses anymore. No, but and that's kind of where the point was exactly. It's that goes back to then to your point, Justin. If your father at the time worked at a different location versus what sounds like really fun welding with robots, would you have even thought to go there and try it? Right, probably not. No, right? no, like there wouldn't have been the, the stars aligned. Right, there, completely. There, there, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. But that's more fun tinkering with robots and welding than I'm going to go help my dad flip burgers. And I'm not picking right. on the food industry, but to your point... I am a Burger King alum, and I installed car stereos shortly thereafter. McDonald's and Menards. There you go. Right. But but it, it, but it doesn't matter because that was more fun and interesting to you, a teenager who didn't want to sit still. That was fun to go tinker with. There For was sure. technology totally. and automation, and that was enticing Versus what else is out there is I'm, like I said, struggling with my teenager to get him interested in something. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's hard. I know I mean, it's a different it's, conversation, it's, but yeah. It's, no, I mean, it's, 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 it's relevant. I mean, at yeah. the end of the day, you know your child needs, I'm guessing similar to, to Justin and us, they need tangible learning environments. Yes. So. But speaking of commercials, as we were uh, given, given the big ha- hype, here we go. And this episode is brought to you by, well, me. In the event you'd like to join the show as a guest or a sponsor, feel free to email us at automationadvocates at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and now let's get back to it. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're back. The first uh, experiment into that, too. So we'll pick up where we left off. Um, But I guess the other thing we should talk about, too, you had mentioned variable frequency drive uh, for the lay people out there that aren't automation experts. Um, Not an expert pretending to be one today. You yeah, wear it well. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Um, a, a variable frequency drive, a lot of times we'll call it a, a VFD or just a drive. Inverter. Inverter. It's a uh, freak drive. Right. It's fancy electronics that can make a motor go faster or slower, right? Yes. Um, that, so that, that's, that's a quick synopsis. We should we, uh, we should start that as a baseline of like, I've got a few friends. We could have them come in and talk. I think we should. I think we Game should. Um, so now that I've completely derailed us, we were talking about tangible learning environments. I don't think this is a two dimensional journey. So you're never going to derail us. No, we just might go a little left and we'll bring you back a little yeah. right. But you're skewing vectors. <laughs> Imagine we're all wearing jetpacks. Right. I mean, we could make some jetpacks. Don't give them ideas. There we go. We got the room go. in the garage. The association won't complain. We're good. No. Game on. to keep the door, well, closed mostly. Dude, you Fine. can buy them now. Can you? Yeah. The, like the water-powered ones? Are we talking like Hold fans? And... Uh, I believe it's hydrogen peroxide. Okay. So it sounds like we'll have to uh, do some more research. No, don't. Uh, because <laughs> all three of us have our frontal lobes connected. <laughs> We are north of 25, spoiler alert, and therefore, we will not be engaging in jetpack aerial maneuvers. Yeah, no. But, but maybe, what if you were over a lake and Again, you limited your height to like 20 feet? But I mean, look at the automation that makes that happen, right? And look at the positive transactional experience that you get to have as a jetpack pilot. 
I'm not seeing a drawback to this. I'm not. I, That's going to be his next business card, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> Jetpack pilot. Jetpack pilot. I'm, I mean, are they going to call like you it. out on it and make you no, demonstrate right then? Yeah. Right? Like, How are they going to say? Like, sorry, it's not allowed in here. Like, yeah, yeah. That? I don't have clearance to fly no, in this state. No. Um, but if we could automate what we do for day jobs, then we could just fly around on jetpacks all day. I probably would need a UBI to make that pull off or win the lottery. I mean, are you talking the collective I, we, or how how far out are we going here? Three or 50,000? How many jetpacks? We just need three. There's only three of us. I'm not saying we're making them. I'm I'm, I'm trying to be more inclusive. (laughs) I I just want mine. And I'm assuming you guys want yours. I'm still scared of it. Put a helmet on you, some pads. It's, it's, it's the, I understand velocity too much. <laughs> gravity. I think yeah. it's gravity. Yeah. That's what we're all... F equals MA, really. Yeah, right? it does. Yeah. It does. Yeah, yeah. gravity yeah. wins every time. Yeah. There's, there's every no fighting time. that. No fighting that. But then as I'm, as, if I'm you know, working at a company, I own my own company, and I'm listening to this, it sounds like a takeaway could be I really need to reevaluate my automation investment. I don't think they look at all of the benefits beyond production, right? There's very much an ROI look at Agreed. when I'm investing. And, and I think it should be part of your planning. Correct. I mean, if I could be so bold. Like if you, oh, we have a five-year plan review meeting next Tuesday. I'd like your input. Um, my input would be uh, whatever your budget is, you know, hack off 20% and to drive it towards automating your production of whatever it is that makes you unique in this environment. Mm-hmm. And if it's making cheeseburgers, guess what? There's lots of opportunities to automate there. If it's making cars, well, that's it's they're already doing it, yep. right? But there are people between those two envelope, you know, edges of the envelope that are not doing it for whatever reason. Maybe they're greedy. Maybe they're happy making what they're making. Maybe they think their problem is in the hiring pool and they exist in. I think you get to attract a different worker, though. I mean, look at all the successful companies that are using it, mm-hmm. right? But they're still having, you know, turnover issues. Yes. Well, and I, and I wonder, as we get down this path, does it become a... I mean, it's a different ROI calculator, right? So it mm-hmm. used to be, hey, I'm going to buy some automation, and it's going to help me get X number of widgets out the door. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in, in, in welding, it was kind of like... This has got to pay for itself in 18 to 24 months. Correct. That, that's the bank's expectation Correct. or whoever's got the money's Correct. expectation. And that was that was the whole equation, right? It was really simple. But when mm-hmm. you start thinking about quality and worker retention and all these other things, and, and I've done projects that were solely based on ergonomics, right? Like somebody spent a half a million dollars to automate some stuff based on workman's comp claims for elbow and Absolutely. shoulder issues. Like, it's an ROI calc. ROI calc. Right. Excuse mm-hmm. me. But... I wonder if as that equation changes evolves evolves are we gains resolution are we <laughs> you and your big words man words um does that does that formula change and are people struggling to quantify it right because I I remember early on in the in the linear motion eye track days right we would show people numbers based on just raw throughput and they they looked unbelievable right? Um, but that's too, is that because the technology was so fantastic or was that because people's expectations and, uh, let's just call it kindly undereducated 
perspective on automation was not ready for what you and I know is possible when you take out the crap. The three of us, excuse me. Sure, sure. I was just deep in your eyes. (laughs) (laughs) They are sitting across from each other, for those of you that are listening along. Um, I would say all of the above, because to your point, those that may be in the room having the conversations, making the decisions, may not have quite the manufacturing or automation background. Right. Or they're so, only they're only accountants and they're just like, hey man, we gotta look good on Q4. Right. You gotta look at a number. So there's I think there's there's part of it. Um and to at that time the technology you were up against belts and chains. So there's that still step still change. leading the market, if I'm not leading mistaken. The market, yeah. Without um, a doubt. Yeah. 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 Well and I But you can too, be smart upstream in that belt or chain. Yes. You can. And I think too though, like that 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 thought process, though, of like, hey, I used to be able to get something for X dollars, right? Let's pick on a wrapping machine. Maybe it's $100,000, right? It mm-hmm. was like, I can get this or I can buy a really, really fancy one. And, and there, there's a leap there of like, oh, I'm not so sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, too, as we look at the the out of traditional, you know, what I call consumer packaged goods, we start looking at, you know, the food service industry, right? Mm-hmm. So you talk to somebody and you go, okay, you really need to automate your fry maker or your, mm-hmm. your griddle or your, your pizza machine, right? Soda fillers. Yeah. And they go, yeah, but the most expensive thing I have in my restaurant today is that $50,000 fryer, right? Oh, That's have you it. heard the ice cream story? Uh, Whole podcast about uh, the cost of the ice cream maker at McDonald's. <laughs> Should uh, fact check that. Is it uh, bonkers? Um, yeah, it's a fantastic podcast. I, I, I can't remember where it came from, but wow, it's amazing. We'll consult our favorite search Yeah, we'll have to too. put that on the show notes. Um, I think at the end of the day, there's just too much opportunity that's being missed. And I can probably rattle off 10 examples where it's seven-figure misses by people that have the facilities, have the abilities, and they're just... They don't want to do it. And then you look and you turn around and you go, well, look what Tesla did to the automotive industry. They took 47 parts and they threw whatever it was, $4 million and four kilonewtons of force to die cast the rear end of the Model Y. And guess what? Two years later, somebody else is going to do it too because it's just become a best practice. And I just, I think... The co- the chase of quarterly product prod quarterly profits is inhibited, like taking it beyond the obvious low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's got a Six Sigma team, and you you folks are great, and we're glad to have you. But I don't. Th- last time I checked, Six Sigma piece doesn't always call up a ninja robot guy, gal, right, right. and say, "Hey." Because, how can I say that? Well, because I, I, I sell sensors to people who go, hey, man, we don't know how many go off the end of the line. We only know Parts how... Correct. Or bags yeah, or exactly. whatever, right? Units. We, we, make, we make a Yeti cup, and we only know how many Yeti cups we make because the magnetic lid closer, we have to change that box every 500 boxes. So then we know we have 500. And you're like, excuse me? You don't know how much your finished goods are? It's no dig on Yeti. 
Sure. That is an example that exists. Yeah. Yeah. And we're not, so we're not talking about all the very expensive automation. We're not talking about million dollar production lines. We're talking about intelligence. Sure. And guess what? That's the job nobody wants. Does your 16 year old want to go in and count, finish, finish goods? Nope. Not even a little. Not even a little. There was a a YouTube video I saw yesterday and it was, uh, it was overseas people inspecting the end of like a mouthwash line. And it was literally a human being watching maybe like a bottle every two seconds go by. And I'm assuming they were looking at the, the over wrapper on the, on the cap and making sure there's a cap there and making sure the levels within plus or minus, you know, it's in the neck of the bottle, right? Mm-hmm. Basics. All right? problems have been solved with automation years ago. Yeah. Like, 1986 called with its crude vision system and Mm -hmm. already solved this a long, long time ago. Mm -hmm. But here we are, like people just doing it, right? Correct. Here where we are fortunate enough to not need to do that, like problem solved, right? But But those those jobs still exist here in in probably within 50 miles of where we're sitting. Without a doubt they do. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Which is still bananas, right? Because what's a... In the Minneapolis-St. Paul metropolitan area. Yeah. Yeah, hence why it's cold and wet and hopefully snowy this weekend, right? That's uh, that'd be great. Looks yeah. on Sunday, maybe. Maybe, maybe. weather. You guys, <laughs> favorite but I think it's uh, you know it it wouldn't take much to do the automation on that, right? Like, a, what's a vision sensor go for these days? Five grand, yep. give or take. Yeah, um, yeah. you need some conveyance and some. Exactly. Maybe a controller that goes with it. all in. You're looking at what fifty thousand dollars to automate some sort of reject. Yeah, or you could get a. You know, you could take your guy who already does automation, and you could say, "Hey, grab these two high school students, grab a photo eye, and put a counter on it." I mean, yeah. Well, to your point, it'd be more fun of a job to figure out the programming and placement and and yeah, how to make exactly. that happen. Versus, you don't even need to program anymore. No, anymore but very close really. is just like yeah, I'm opening up a box and counting how many lids are in it. Yeah, like they don't even do that. They just count the, the expensive, boxes. smallest thing at the front of the line of the example I'm talking about. It wasn't, a co- yeah. it wasn't an actual coffee cup, but it was that sophisticated. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> of course you sold that. <laughs> a friend of mine sold the system. And I was like, geez, wow, you still got $1,200 for it. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. But to your point, like that, that's a more enticing job for a worker. Figuring it out. Where Correct. would you put the sensor? How would you use it? How Correct. would you calibrate? How would you take the input? Where Correct. do you put the, in, you know, where Well, once it? you know that information, well, so don't you want to know about the other three ingredients? Exactly. Yeah. Why don't we put a load cell underneath that big one that's really hard to get to? Yep. Why don't we tie it to my order entry system? Why don't we um, spool up production because we got a cool email campaign tied to it? What, like, and have you guys gotten the promotion for the, uh, what is it, the Amazon Scale? Well, it's because Amazon is positioning themselves to distribute cannabis. Well, but but this was like I think it was for detergent. Like so, sure. It is. You remember the click the load cell? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. like the next gen. Yeah, button yeah. Idea. And, it, yeah. Again, and it showed up, and I was like, "What the heck?" Again, you got it. Name you named them. Name drop. But they're you're you're to your point. They're automating both ends of the transaction. Yes. And then they're putting human beings where they can't figure out how to do it effectively. Like, well, it's twenty bucks. An hour, $3,000 signing bonus. They'll stay on for, I think, Bezos planned 18 months, and then we'll do it again. Sure. sure. And so eventually, 
robot costs are going to come down and people aren't going to be doing the 10-hour race through the warehouse. But, I mean, it's, it's looks like they got two more years of, of at least warehouse running. Right. Which leads you to believe is why hasn't Amazon created their own running shoe? I mean, that's just a missed opportunity right there. Unless it's part of employee-only apparel. But they're, they they constantly talk about how tough of a job it is. I haven't been in. Have you been in the warehouse in, in no. the South Metro? No. I apparently, you can get a tour. And pre-COVID, apparently, they're just giving away like, uh, you know, Tootsie Rolls at the bank. You ever cool. get Tootsie Rolls at your bank? We used to when I was a kid. We got the uh, what was it? The the safety pops, the the, the lollipop, yeah, but it yeah, was the, the loop the instead yeah. of the stick. Yeah, what was that, that? What was safe about that? Well, I think that way you you weren't supposed to like shove the stick down your running throat. around with the stick in your mouth, yeah, yeah falling. <laughs> so many landmines there. <laughs> so anyway, as we, as we were discussing, automating vector avoided. Yeah, <laughs> pothole. Um, no, but to your point, you start that. Uh, that becomes, if I'm that person that looks at, ooh, that sensor did this, and you were just mentioning another sensor in a load cell, that's fun, that's engaging, that's exciting, because you're thinking of how to make this better. Correct. And versus, oh, I got another hour, and I got to go count boxes. And so maybe, yeah, and so maybe that's the way it gets, you know, if if anything, hopefully, if if I have any, uh, if I want to call it success from this little venture we're on right now, it's to educate folks that maybe don't know anything about automation. I I know full well that anybody listening to this is smarter than I am, but they have a different perspective. Mm-hmm. And so all I want to do is bring the perspective to somebody who is an accountant and be like, how would you like to increase your resolution throughout your entire creation of whatever it is that you deliver to your customer base, your market, that makes mm-hmm. you special? And how... Do you not say yes to improving the quality from top to bottom, inside, outside? And, and that's what we're talking about here is if you embrace it, you don't have to do it overnight. It just has to become part of your culture because if it comes part of your culture, people can see it as a way to respect your time. And I think that's unfortunately where things can kind of, you can also go weird. Like you can get a CRM program and try and automate sales. And I mean, I could go on and on about how terrible CRM is. Like, sorry, folks. Like, I'm not a fan. My favorite uh, place to buy uh, tools and other uh, hardware yeah, sure, stuff. Sure, sure, sure. I'm not going to name names here, but my favorite is I went and bought a shelf. Yeah. And their targeted CRM sales tool, right? They're going yeah. to sell me. You should look at these other shelves. But no, I probably want shelves to match, right? But... Recommend me some totes or yeah. some stickers. Like, and so that's a resolution piece, right? For sure. They don't have the tags matched, no, right? The data the they're matter. not like, oh, well, this one is from manufacturer A and this one's manufacturer B. We didn't know that. Just push them out there. Right, right. right? And it's terrible. It's a terrible, terrible experience. experience. But it, it, it's, a, it's the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's better than the guy who doesn't know how many things he's making. Without a doubt, yeah. And, 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 and that on the was definitely a guy, it, by the way. Like, I'm pretty <laughs> sure the lady was in charge. She'd be like, we don't know how many things we're making today. Oh, we're going to know. We're yes. going to know, and we're going to know by the end of the day. And you're either going to sit there, or you're going to figure it out with those two interns I just brought in from the local high school. 
Sarah's laughing at this. I think she turned red, but uh, this is awesome. Probably accurate. <laughs> well, I just, I, again, there's there's such an excess of capacity that's not being used, and it isn't even being tracked. It's not about the hundred thousand people that the guy in the parking lot who came up to me and asked me the other day, "Why aren't they working?" I think it's because the sense of achievement that you get from some of the some of the jobs today is just after COVID, and we've adjusted our perspectives. It's like yeah, man, you know, maybe my 12-year-old doesn't need to work 60 hours and we should knock it down to 40. That was uh, London, 1850, right? Mm-hmm. That's when they dropped from 60 to 40 hours for a kid. And uh, I got three kids under 12, and uh, that's crazy. But automation has allowed us to do that much production, for, and we don't need to have a 12-year-old busting their hump mm-hmm. to make a dress, right? right? We can now automate the safety of a mine. If we need to still go down and get whatever it is, we need to steal from the, you know, the earth. Without a doubt. Yeah. So in the background, you can hear the dog barking. So I was gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take a quick detour. Actually, we're at time for this, uh, this first go around here. Uh, stay tuned. We'll have another one coming out. Um, and we'll you. pick up right where we left off. Uh, any closing words, Charlie? Is your uh... I'm good. All Thank right, you. Thank we'll you. be uh, we'll be back here in two weeks, um, continuing the dialogue. Thanks. And that's a wrap for today. Thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoyed your time with us, please like and subscribe. Keep the letters coming to automationadvocates at gmail.com. Until next time, thanks for listening. The opinions in this show are ours and not representative of our employers. While normally polished, occasionally we might slide off the rails and into the ditch. Forgive us for that one.